Hi, I'm April. And I'm John. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only internet radio show where you can hear topics discussed. Uh, April, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have something to plug? My name's April. I'm Jim's wife again. Uh, I think this is my... We, we divorced and remarried uh-huh, between yeah. the last <laughs> two episodes. Between the last two episodes. Uh, it was uh, very dramatic. I'm Jim's wife and John's friend. And a beast lord. And also a beast lord. Beast lord. Is that a, is that a new variant of topic lord? Uh, I don't want to be a topic lord. I want to be a beast lord. <laughs> oh, so you're, so you're strictly a beast lord. Strictly a beast lord. Okay. And well, I'm looking forward to guesting on your podcast, Beast Lords. Ooh. <laughs> which, yeah. that exists, right? I'll, you just I'll, talk about I'll produce this podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon we're just going to have like a mini network running out of the lab. Yeah. I'm for it. I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> okay. Plug being a beast lord. Sure. <laughs> uh, John, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Sure. I'm John and I don't think I have anything to plug this time. Uh, you didn't last time either. No, okay. no, I didn't. But I'm going to be thoughtful and and like leave everyone on edge every time I'm here. Just to like maybe you this should. time he's who knows. Maybe one day we're I'll gonna, we're going to track down this John based on his interests. I'll I'll share that mysterious uh, uh, SoundCloud that I have somewhere. Just Google for John Mystery and whatever's there, it's probably him. I see. I think. I think that if we continue to refer to me in that way, like eventually, I'll have enough of an imprint that everyone will have figured it out. You have enough topics here that we should have you on the next four episodes. <laughs> you have so many topics; it's kind well, of impressive. I had all three of my topics uh, were created while driving to the zoo today. Wow. Well, I think all of mine were were created in just a fit of of wild energy that I had over the last day when I was just like, oh no, gotta, gotta, gotta come up with some stuff. And then I realized I, I contain multitudes and I'm super excited. Would you like to get started on some topics? Sure. All right. Hit April, your first beast here. Create a D&D character right now. Yeah. Right now. Right now. So I thought this would be a fun uh, exercise, especially for Jim, who who needs to exercise his uh, creativity muscle occasionally. Mm. Um, but as we were talking about this earlier, he was like, oh, no, I'm going to need a scenario. And so that's why I was like, oh, this is perfect, because John is the best DM oh, I know. No. <laughs> uh, we're on the spot now. Okay. I mean, do I have to spin up the, the world then? No, not the world. Let's just uh, let's let's spin up a band of adventurers, um, and then we can join these these people. Okay. All right. Uh, so this band of adventurers. Let's see. Um, I think they're they're led by a woman. Lead singer. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> yes, she's. Uh, they maybe they're all minstrels. She's an operatic soprano. Maybe you're creating your own character right now. No, no, I'm talking about you. I'm the bass player. Oh, okay. All right. Um, am is I it... a soprano? <laughs> I don't think so. I think so. I'm an alto. I think you're an alto. But, but, but I can be a soprano in this in this world. Yeah. I want to jump in real For quick sure. and just say, this is this is a party of all bards then, right? Yes. Okay. Apparently we're all bards now. <laughs> yes. We, we can, but some of us are multi-class. Okay, okay. I think. Um, because I would love to be a bard warlock. Oh, Yes. Because that just sounds insane. That does sound pretty dope. Um, <laughs> that just sounds like very chaotic. 
I play bass and drums. Uh, so I'm going to be chaotic <laughs> evil, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have chaotic e- evil. Um, I'm a, what am I? I'm a soprano. I'm an operatic soprano. Yep. Um, what's she? Let's see. I'm going to be a, uh, what are the evil elves again? Well. Drizzt. The that's just a D term I've heard once. That that's the, I'm going to jump in. That's the name of a specific drow who is a oh. dark elf who is the the elves that cannot. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to be a drow. Okay, because they look super cool. They've got they really big pointy ears. I like it. Mm-hmm. They kind of remind me of like a fawn's ears a little bit because they're not like straight up pointy. They're kind of point out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. That's a good look. I want to be Polynesian. Um, Polynesian. Yeah. So you're a human? I want to carry around like one of those Moai statues. <laughs> okay. So like you're it. a human and when, with a totem. Yeah. When the when it comes time to fight, I want to take out the, the eyes and put eyes and, and on the, and the eye sockets for the Moai. Wait, whose eyes are going in the eye? <laughs> no, no, no. The Moai have eyes that are just like not usually in place. Oh. They put them in place for certain ceremonies. Interesting. Uh, and I have mm-hmm. a pouch full of spam musubi. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> you never know when when hunger might might strike along with inspiration. <laughs> what about you, John? <laughs> I think I think I am going to be a halfling. Oh, good. And they're so cute. Th- I mean, they are very cute, and I I see myself as being like. Like I'm in the band, but I kind of ha- am resisting being in the band. And I'm actually like, I if anyone asks, I'll say that I'm the roadie slash manager. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm I'm dealing with the financial thing. Like I think I have a background in like a guild membership you or something. Van. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I have the cart, the caravan. Right. <laughs> I'm the one that provided the donkey, and so it's like. You have to kind of take me along because that's how you get to different gigs. And like, I think I'm, I probably play like a tambourine or some, or like harmonica or something like that. But I think in addition to that, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm probably like a fighter and I just like, am kind of, kind of burly and, and will just, you know, rough people. I also fancy myself the bouncer. Wow. Uh, you're a tiny burly Bouncer. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just like I'm loading in your various instruments into the cart uh-huh. and and just like dealing with the money and mm-hmm. essentially just kind of you know anytime somebody tries to tries to step I'm there to to kind of rough them up and um, right. So it, if someone gives me a hard time, like I don't have to deal with them. I just kind of step aside and and tiny John Halfling. Yes. It's <laughs> just like what's up. Do you want to go? I'll go. I'm here to party. I'm I'm wild. I'll just I'll go for it. And I think I'd be chaotic neutral, just because mm-hmm. like I'm I'm really just trying to make a buck here. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, I'll I'll jump in and serve whatever purpose I can. But I find myself amused by these people that that are that are joining me. Um, I do steal lots of the spam masubi out of the pouch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll fight you. Well, it goes bad <laughs> if you don't. So it's good that you're doing that. Right. So like, <laughs> what about your alignment? What do you think you are? Is there an alignment that really likes jelly donuts? Mm. True neutral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say. 
Just Maybe neutral good. I mean, donuts are good. They make everyone happy. But then I'm eating them. I'm, I'm removing the good from the world. <laughs> no, there's always more. There's always more flour. You eat them, but then someone else makes more, and then you mm-hmm. eat those too. I like to think that maybe you're like a wizard, and you're just like prestidigitationing donuts out of the <laughs> the bakery windows, right. yeah. just like yoink with magic. We haven't we haven't invented stoves yet, so. and you have one of those uh, bag of holdings, and that's why there's so much spam with soupy. Oh no, it never runs out. <laughs> I'm just like I'm imagining the bag of holding just being a cavern that is just sticky, and you open it up, it just kind of smells like food's been in there for a little too long. Just, <laughs> ugh, just the worst bag of holding. <laughs> Quality the stench damage. It's like you you keep you keep the gold in there too, and it's just like, oh, why keep, is this? Every time you pay for something, it's just like got them rooting around trying to like, okay, that one's spam. Okay, there's a coin. <laughs> yeah, like this one's a little, a little bit of mold on it, but it's it'll spend the same. <laughs> right. Well, maybe good. within this within the bag, you've you've like sewn uh, compartments that you've put additional cooling systems into and so oh, yeah so like you could totally just have an ice box in there yes, uh, <laughs> my bag of holding has a crisper also i'm excited that we finally had a dog on this podcast right <laughs> will you please give robbie some love for me because i miss him robbie come here buddy he's well it's it's late here and i think he heard somebody out in the hallway now he's mm. got to go investigate and protect me okay so i'm i'm out in the living room right now recording by the way as i went to go leave, I closed the bedroom door with Robbie and Pepper in the bedroom with Nan in bed. And then I kind of walked around and then I came back to get something. I opened the door and Robbie rushed out with me because he's like, I want to be where I want to be where you are, buddy. Does our party have a dog as well? Absolutely. I think the Moai head is the familiar. Ah, okay. There's definitely a dog and its name is Willow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh. Willow's going to be in every D&D party of my, for the rest of my life. And every platformer you make, too. Yes. I like this idea. That That's a great yeah. way to honor uh, yeah. Willow. Uh, for the listeners, Willow is my dead dog. So oh, Right. Yeah. She's very, very good. She was very, very good. Um, but yeah, what kind of adventures do we go on with this party, though? Like, like what is... Um. What have, what have yeah. we been up to? I think that we do a lot of traveling from town to town and we've gotten maybe sort of a, and, and this is, I know exactly where this inspiration is coming from, but that's fine. <laughs> we've gotten sort of a, um, a reputation for being capable of dealing with errant monsters. Mm. We will deal with the, you know, the local, local baddies for the right amount of coin. Mm. Do you think this is the sort of thing that has caused us to have... A certain reputation. Oh, absolutely. Like, in my mind, I feel like we go in with good intentions, but it often kind of goes sideways because of our various alignments. Because we're just musicians. We can't actually deal with monsters. <laughs> hey, I'm also a warlock. Right, okay. <laughs> and you're chaotic evil. So I think it's like, I'm imagining that you go in and like someone hires you and you do the thing and then you catch the monster and then... They're like, great, thank you so much. And then you're like, it's twice as much as you said you were going to pay me. And then they don't. And you're like, okay, well, here's your monster then. I'm going to let it out. 
Yeah, that seems about right. Or maybe I catch a monster and I just bring it to the next town, right. the next town to like just put hey. all the monsters on the bus to the next town. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like gotten so- incredibly good at shoving monsters into your bag of holding. Spamming <laughs> there, they want to go. Spamming gold—that's oh everything a monster could want. <laughs> wow! Uh, but our greatest adventure. Can you really, was, can you fit a monster into a bag of holding? Can you put people in them? Uh, judges. Well, uh, so I'm going to put on my DM hat. Um, yes, as a matter of fact, you can. However, there's a limited amount of air, I think. Oh, and, and so, so they just have to not breathe air. You just have to keep pumping air into the bag. Oh, so I'm imagining like like a snorkel for the bag. <laughs> like a bubbler for exactly. a fish tank. <laughs> wow. Our greatest adventure was when we tried to decide, we tried to figure out being friends with people who are more than 10 years older slash younger than you, mm. not weird until suddenly it is. Oh, is this a transition? So this is a very awkward segue. I mean... I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I liked it. I think it's better than, are you ready for the next topic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you just ruined it because... Well, you, just... you can edit that out. Okay. <laughs> so this is something that's kind of come up for me a couple times lately because... So in in my job, I've been at my job for just about a year. I came to my chosen profession of data analysis fairly late in my life compared to what I think most other people do. And so as a result, I am I was hired into this role which is more or less an entry role and many of my coworkers who are also in similar roles, many of them are like just out of their undergrad. And so as a result, I am working with people who are, you know, 10, 15 years younger than me. It's interesting because I'm I'm making friends with them. And, um, you know, like some of them are in my, my new D&D group that I've formed over here. Um, oh, so jealous. I, I, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. I'll, I'll, we'll get to that in a moment as well. So I, I, I'm just finding it really interesting that like I'm perfectly capable of getting along with, with these people who have had a very different experience growing up than, than I have because, I mean, they all were born with the internet and that's kind of something that I came to in high school. I, I'm just like, usually it's fine, but every once in a while I'll have a moment where I realize, oh wow, no, I'm I'm from a very different world from from everyone, and I'll I'll just suddenly feel very very distant and strange. And I was just kind of I, I want to know your perspectives on on this phenomenon. If you've ever experienced anything like this, um, another thing that came to mind is I have uh, one of my very good friends who is roughly my same age, as long as I've known him, he's always made friends who are much older than he is. Um, he did a lot of theater, um, like community theater when he was when he was younger. And so as a result, he would be hanging around people who were, you know, 10, 20 years older than him. And he, he just, it was perfectly fine for him. So I'm wondering if my feeling of occasional strangeness when I realize how distant I am from someone in age just kind of becomes apparent. Yeah, my um, sister is almost 10 years younger than I am, mm-hmm. um, and I have always hung out with her friends since they were like in their late teens and I was in my late 20s. And honestly, it was only weird at first. Now they're 31 and I'm 40, mm-hmm. and it's just like, sure, that's just an age gap that commonly happens in friends. 
Hmm. And so for me, it got progressively less weird. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I wonder how much of this is just perhaps it's the newness and it's like the, what I'm feeling is just that I'm I'm meeting people for the first time and discovering things about them, you know, experiences that we would not have had in common. It's like if I make a joke about Seinfeld or something. Yeah, I've definitely, definitely experienced that sort of culture gap with people right. younger than me. Like I um, have thought about how like how much of my sense of humor is um, elusive comedy. Like I'm relying on the audience being familiar with the same sort of thing I'm familiar with. If I wanted to keep appealing to young young people, I would have to keep watching the same TV shows that they're watching. And that's just, that's not going to happen. Right. (laughs) Like who has that kind of time? I'm busy playing video games. (laughs) Right. I guess, uh, I don't know. One of my closer friends, uh, Jessica, is like twenty-five years older than me. Wow, that oh, that much? Um, okay. Like I'm definitely closer in age to her son than I am to her. Wow. Okay. Um, that's a that's a weird thing. But when I met her, and her her son was like twelve, because I met her I met her through my work. Um, ah. Okay. And she worked uh, for the park district. She's re- she has since retired. She retired quite young. For the most part, we got along really well. But the thing that was always interesting to me about our relationship is that she's just lived so much more than me. You know, she has so many more life stories, so many more relationship stories um, and like interesting things that have happened to her. And like, you know, all those like tiny uh, moments that become like kind of turning points in your life later at the time you didn't realize were, but then they became, they become, you know, the, a story that you tell, like, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but this was like a really important, like life moment for me. And like, just talking to her about life and stuff. Um, it just, that, that was the the biggest takeaway for me whenever I would think about like our age difference was that she has just, she's just lived so much more. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm catching up with her. Right. <laughs> proportionally. Anyways. You're making your own your own life stories. It's true. Yeah. Um, and so that was the biggest thing. But she always tried to stay current with like current TV shows and stuff and current music. So that was always like something that we could we could talk about um, because that was, you know, that's something that, that interests her. Now that she's retired, we definitely don't talk as much as we used to because she's living a retired life, which is a very different life from working life. And also she lives in Ohio. Is she a gentlewoman of leisure? Um, mostly, but she's working part-time at a um, animal shelter because she, she's a big <clears throat> dog lover. Um, so she is getting That's her great. dog fix all the time, uh, doing what she loves, taking care of oh. dogs. That sounds like a great way to spend your retirement. It does. It sounds like an ideal mm. way to spend your retirement. I would love that opportunity mm. someday. I, I like how you framed it about like people just having lived more life. Because like one of the things that I, that I have kind of reflected on a few times in thinking about this topic is that, you know, if, if I'm friends with people who are in their early 20s, I kind of think back how like, oh, yeah, when I was it was I was 25, I think, when I moved to Japan I didn't even know you moved to Japan. Did you not, have we not talked about that? No. Yeah, yeah. Nan and I um, just out of so we graduated from 
Santa Cruz in 2005, uh-huh. and we moved to Portland, Oregon, just out of just out of college, thinking that we would, you know, as young people do, move to Portland to retire. Uh-huh. That's the joke. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, no, I mean, she was looking for work in media, and I was actually ended up working at a, at a ten screen art house theater in downtown Portland, which was pretty cool for the time that I was there. But there was no money in it, and we were both kind of stressed out by the whole experience. So after being there for about three or four months, we we're just like, ah, we got to figure something else out. Somehow the topic of moving to Japan to teach English came up, and so we did some research and like applied that night after both having a bad day at work. And then <laughs> like a couple weeks later, we had an interview, and then we a couple weeks later we had a job offer, and then three months later we moved to Japan, and we lived there for two and a half years. Yeah, wow. the the teaching English in Japan thing is. Like when I re- read about this, I got the impression that they don't want someone with formal training. Correct. They're, they're yep. just looking for Americans to come and be in a classroom and speak English to the students, basically. Yeah. I mean, like that. It, it's basically they're hiring you for the personality. They want someone who is outgoing, who is friendly, who can explain things, who can r- respond to difficult situations with grace and tact. Yeah, that sounds like you guys. Yeah. Well, what's really funny is that like, I think that experience significantly altered the way that we interact with people generally as well. Like, I think, I think my, like the way I I look at the way that I communicated with people before and after that, and afterwards my diction changed the way that I say words is different. And I'm a bit better about enunciating. And there were, people from all sorts of different English speaking countries. And so after a while, if you're just working with, with people from New Zealand and Australia and South Africa and America, after a while, your accent becomes a mishmash of all of those. And so I remember I met a woman my first week working in, at the school and I, I really, really thought that she was from New Zealand, but she was in fact from Nebraska. And she'd just been there a while. Anyway, Uh just kind of an interesting. And didn't you end up working for a company that was a big scam? (laughs) Well, yes. Uh, So, so this company was called Nova. I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay it all out there. Um, And Nova's strategy was to sell large blocks of lessons to people that would then expire before they could use all of them. The strategy was we're going to get a bunch of revenue coming in from people paying for more lessons than they're ever, ever going to use. And then we've got the money and we can use that money to then open up more schools and expand and expand and expand. And so they did this to just expand very rapidly. But then while we were there, the Japanese government said, hey, we think that this is dishonest. Um, So you cannot sell these long, these, these giant uh, blocks of, of lessons anymore. You can only do it in an amount is that is like a 10th of that at a time. And that essentially caused all the revenue to dry up very quickly. And then apparently some of the office staff were working without pay for a while. They suspended the teacher's pay for a time. When that happened, I just, I stopped showing up to work. <laughs> And then finally they paid us again and I came back. But yeah, eventually like what, what ended up happening was I was back in America on a vacation. And while I was in America, all the schools closed their doors. 
Um, oh, no. And and that was it. And so I came I came back from my and I almost didn't come back from the trip because I'm just like, well, now what do I do? But I came all my stuff was in Japan, so I came back from the trip and I'm just like, all right, well, I guess I got to figure some stuff out now. Um, and there was an English teacher bubble in Japan for a time <laughs> where there were all these <laughs> unemployed foreigners who only could all they could do is teach English in English. <laughs> Because we, yeah, we weren't speaking Japanese in any classrooms. It was immersion. So, anyway. You could all be the rude American in a Japanese film production. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it felt sometimes. <laughs> Which, I, you know, we, we've come up in this way and I, I'm going to do the magical transition thing that we tried earlier because I think there's another one on there yeah. about, um, I don't know if this is in the in the topic bucket from for this week, but I'm just going to run, run with it because I put it in before. Do it. So... You have both traveled to foreign countries, have you not? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I that being in Japan kind of occasionally made me feel self conscious about is I would be a six foot tall white dude walking around in Japan, right? And if I and if I saw someone who did not look Japanese, who looked like they were probably from uh, somewhere with a lot of people of European descent, for example, or some other melting pot type country. Um, I would always feel a little unsure of how to react to that person or should I react to that person at all? Or is there something conspiratorial about like giving a head nod to this, to this other person who is in this, in this place where it does not appear to be somewhere that they are from. And I just wonder if you have any thoughts about like, do you do the head nod? Do you just kind of look down like, how how would you carry yourself in such a situation? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I I generally try to avoid making eye contact with strangers. <laughs> um, in general, sure. um, yep. it's it's hard for me to look a stranger in the eyes because it feels it just feels very like intimate. Um, so well, it, it's also like inviting them to come talk to you. Yeah, implicitly. yeah, and I don't generally want to talk to strangers. You, um, you've internalized the lessons of childhood very well. <laughs> I like them in a setting in which I'm familiar, like a local coffee shop that I go to pretty often. I don't mind talking to strangers there at all because it's, you know, it feels like, feels like a very safe space, but like on the street. I mean, is it, is it partly because they're familiar? Like these are people you see over and over again at the coffee shop? Well, those people I don't consider strangers. Those people I consider acquaintances. I mean, like, uh, you know, someone I I haven't seen before in the coffee shop, I still don't really mind, you know, making eye talk, contact or even, you know, a casual hello. Yeah. Um, if we, you know, bump into each other while we're mixing our coffee. Yeah, I think in a foreign country, um, for the most part, I'm I'm generally avoiding eye, t- eye contact with people. Although I will say that in Ireland, I ran into a lot of incredibly friendly strangers and it made it seem... Like it made it feel a lot safer um, to kind of, you know, have that sort of casual uh, encounter with yeah. them um, because like you'd just be walking down the the street and some old Irish dude would just be like, good morning. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, how do you like not love that? <laughs> I don't know. It's very That's the inv- sort of world I want to live in. Yeah, it's very it's very inviting. Yeah. Um I, like neither of us have been I think to a country that's not predominantly white people. Yeah. Mm. So, I can't I say that it, I have Well, I've been to Mexico. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But you didn't have this experience there of like no. you see a white person it's like there's no other white people for 
a mile in any direction. Yeah. And I so saw some white f- people and I was like, oh, they're probably on the cruise that I'm on. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> We're going to the same place. You saw some white people and you're like, freaking Americans. <laughs> like, oh, it's trying to get away from you guys. This actually, so, so that in particular brings to mind this one story and I guess we can move on after this, but there was this one time when I was, I was working a help shift in Japan at some very distant school, like way out in the boonies. And I'd, I'd never been there before. I didn't know how to get there from the train station. So I get off the train station, still there fairly early, kind of walking around. Um, and I just start walking in a direction and then I realize I'm going the wrong direction. And so I start walking back and as I walk back, I pass a woman walking in the direction that I had just come from and she's white. And, um, in this moment I'm self-conscious because of the reasons we just said, like, is this, do, you know, should I just ignore this and, and move on? And so I just ignored it and she walked past me. And so finally, like I managed to get my bearings and I turn around in the way that I had gone and then returned from was the way that I should have been going. And I just need <laughs> to go farther. So I go farther and I get there right as right, like right, right on time. And of course, as I walk in, the woman who I passed is the other English teacher who was there that day. Um, and so it's just like, I mean, in that case, I, I, perhaps I should have just said, hey, I don't suppose that you're an English teacher and you're going to the, the place where all the other English teachers are going. I mean, I could have in that moment and it would have been fine, but I just found it like, no, I gotta, I can't make assumptions. No, I totally get it. Uh, but that is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been to I haven't been to any like Asian countries or uh, African countries, so I'm not sure exactly what how I would deal with that. But I think that I think that once you make eye contact with a stranger, it's totally fine to do a head nod, no matter who they are, because it's just like, hi, we see each other. Like, let's not pretend that we didn't just make eye contact. You know what I mean? We're we're all travelers on spaceship Earth and we might as well. Like, that's generally what I do rather than being all weird about, like, oh, no, I just made eye contact with this person. Like, <laughs> uh, So I wanted to talk about, I can't think of a good segue for this, but uh, I wanted to talk about. That, that was a fine segue until you ruined it. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks for pointing it out. You're welcome. Uh, I wanted to talk about how you can get Big Mike bananas from a specialty dealer in Miami. So the big mic or the, what is it? I it's the, it's gross Michelle. I don't know how to, it's like a French gross Michelle. That sounds like a disgusting banana, but it's actually right. apparently the banana that banana flavoring is based off. I, of. I heard that was a myth. Oh, sadly. Ooh. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. You told me this like a week ago. Yeah, and then I found out it was a myth. Well, you got to update uh, me on these things. Well, I, it's okay. They know it was my fault. <laughs> it is your fault. And this this is a the banana that used to be the uh, most common banana that you'd find in grocery stores uh, until disaster struck. It was some some sort of. Um, so here's the thing about bananas they don't they don't grow from seeds. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. they. But this is most clone themselves. This is most produce, oh, as far as I know. Right, right, right. Okay. Is made from cuttings. Yeah, cuttings. Propagated. But yeah, but I think bananas specifically did that. Like I think they did that before humans oh, got to them. Okay. Um, but because of that, they're very susceptible to disease um, right. or pests. Uh, and apparently, the gross Michel. Yeah, there is there is a disease this. out there that makes it basically impossible to grow at scale. Okay. And so you can't cheaply make lots of these and sell them to consumers 
Um, and so it got replaced with what is the, the Cavendish banana, which is the new and has been for decades, the new uh, banana you find in grocery stores. So the banana that we all know. Right. Which is also apparently like apparently in danger. Mm hmm. Of, same of the thing. same fate. No. Yeah, we're probably not going to be eating it, the Cavendish banana in 20 years. Yeah, and it'll be replaced by an even shittier variant. Not necessarily. <laughs> wow. Hey, the, there mean, are no bananas listening to this. <laughs> Whoa. Bananaist. Oh, not all bananas. Cavendishist. Oh no. But you can get them. So there's this. I think it's. I think it's MiamiFruit.org or something like that. I saw a tweet by somebody who had received a big box of, as a Christmas gift, a big box of like, here's a bunch of weird bananas. <laughs> it was Wait, like- do they look the same? 10 pounds of weird bananas, like a, a variety of strange ones. Oh, so it wasn't just the Big Mike. Yeah, but I believe you can get a 10 pound box of the Big Mike too. Oh, Winston would be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> we, could just let him, we could just let him roll around 10 pounds of bananas. Yeah, yep. <laughs> He loves bananas so much. Really? That we have oh to like God. hide the we're we're trying to find a place to hide the bananas because if he sees them, he'll immediately reach for them and be like, eh, eh. like <laughs> those just, are for my mouth. Like, <laughs> and we're like, can't, and my hands. can't have like four bananas a day. Like what if you did though? You will you won't poop. You have to poop. <laughs> you can't have four bananas. Listen, he poops enough. <laughs> He's just, he's got to put on mass. <laughs> oh my God. He's putting on so much mass. He's almost 28 pounds. Okay. So wait a minute. I need to know about these bananas though. So, yeah. um, so I want to taste them now. Yeah. So you can get a box. 10 pounds is the minimum order. Wow. Uh, it's shipped from Miami. It costs a hundred dollars. Oh my God. I don't wow. want to taste them. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can also get like a, a wider variety than just bananas, like lots of tropical fruits. You can mm. get the long neck avocados oh. that are like a foot long. Oh, what? now I kind of want to do it. <laughs> God, it's so expensive though. It is. It's exp it, it is a, a luxury yeah. that you are purchasing. That's such a good Christmas gift though. A giant box of intimidating fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Could just do that for my birthday, and that could just be my birthday present. Absolutely, it's just yeah. Some weird, weird. Yeah, fruit. and we would have to have a tasting party. We'd have to figure out whether the bananas are in season for your birthday. Bananas are always in season. Well, these ones are not grown like usual bananas. Oh, so when you said a a container of strange bananas, I'm imagining bananas that are like some of them are purple, um, <laughs> some of them are like. It's like two bananas growing out of one, but in different directions. Like, oh, he's got the he's got it up right here. This is the weird fruit that we were looking at earlier. Yes. I, if I could touch my computer without causing the worst sounds to happen, I would absolutely bring up this. Well, why don't you go ahead and do it, and I'll just edit it out later. Oh boy. Yeah, we'll okay. be quiet while it happens. Miamifruit.org. Thousand finger banana pre-order. Yeah. Oh yeah, a variety box. There you go. Soursop. Oh, so Nan and I recently went to Mexico with some friends and we went to a Venezuelan restaurant and they had fresh huh. soursop juice. Really? I've never even heard of that before. I'm I'm looking at it here and it's it's um Was it good? It it was it was fine. I, I didn't get a big one. They they basically like brought out uh, several shots of juice and like these are all the different juices we have. If you'd like to get one, then please go for it. I think I ended up getting like 
a like a guava juice or something like that, which was very yummy. But yeah, it was the first time I'd had soursop, and I now I know what the fruit looks like. Um, I want to see it. Yeah, it's on MiamiFruit.org. Well, we're gonna we're gonna look at it when we stop looking at these bananas. That is a ridiculously long avocado. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Now, wow. I'm I'm looking at the bananas, and I am I'm moved by the bananas that are like they look like a a buzzsaw made of bananas, which is like <laughs> several of them stuck end to end. Um, where are you seeing the um? So under avocado box, avocado uh, if you look box. at the image gallery. I can't even believe that this even exists. Uh-huh. I can't believe how many fruits exist that we just don't eat <laughs> and don't oh. like know about. It's crazy. Yeah. And if you go to the supermarket, boy. there's so much abundance. Like mm-hmm. there's so much variety there. Well, in part because like the Bay Area is the opposite of a food desert. It's oh, right. a food oasis. We were at the grocery store today and there were these little we don't eat we still don't even know what they are. Yeah, they like, were like hairy kiwis. Yeah, they were like they had like like hairs on them that were thick and kind of bristly and like maybe half an inch long. Yeah. And Winston Ugh. like was very like delicately like pulling on like one hair at a time, but kind of refused to actually hold it. He was like, what is this bullshit? Yeah, we, I handed it to him and he took it and placed it on the cart in front of him. And then tried to get as far away from it as he could. <laughs> like, like this is a haunted fruit. It is a haunted fruit. Yeah. We should try to figure out what that fruit was. Yeah, I took a picture of it. Oh, yeah, you did. They weren't rambutans, were they? Uh, I have this on, I have my phone out. Rambutans right now. Rambutan. They they look more like Oh, yeah, they totally looked like that. Yeah. Okay. Which are like, I think those are in the lychee family, right? I don't know. We definitely saw these in Mexico as well. Um, yeah, it, they were. They definitely felt weird, and Winston was suspicious. He did definitely didn't think it was food. <laughs> it's the first thing I've seen him not try to put in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm imagining a very formative moment, like Wonder Years style, where he's reflecting back on this moment where he had held a rambutan. He's like, and that's when I realized that not everything goes in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish he kept his memories from this age. Yeah. Oh. What's the What's the earliest memory you have? And Approximately what age were you when you had this memory? So, I have a memory and I don't know if this is realistic or not that I could remember this because this is definitely before the, you know, the, the cutoff where your memories just get lost. Um, but I, uh, when I was like less than two, I um, walked off the uh, second story porch at the back of my grandmother's house. I fell off and landed on the ground. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Oh no! He told me that story. It was like it was terrifying. Yeah, no, I <laughs> your poor mother. Yeah, no, I poor everybody who was there. Yeah, like poor everyone, the, especially the people who were supposed to be watching. And me. you, <laughs> yes, also poor you. Poor me. He was apparently completely fine. Yeah, no, no broken bones, no concussion. Yeah, no concussion. Little kids tend to be squishy, right? Kids, the kids my age bounce, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, but you screamed. Yeah, I, I, that's well. This is in my memory, but again, like I think this is not a direct memory. I think this is like someone told me this story, and I inserted it into my brain vividly enough yeah. that I now have a memory of this thing happening. Yeah, it's an Oprah memory, <laughs> except one that really happened. Right. I I have a memory that I is kind of of a similar thing where when I was I think I I was around two ish. 
and I touched a stove with my hand and burned my hand. And then um, I wore a sock over my hand so as not to like be touching a bunch of things with my burn hand. And I was holding a bottle of apple juice. This is another one where I'm not sure if this is an actual memory that I have or if this is something that I created based on hearing a story about it one time. But uh, but yeah, but but mine was also involving some sort of pain. So I wonder trauma. If, if just yeah, yeah trauma stays yeah. stays very early. I think my earliest memory is actually uh, it's a little bit of a downer. Um, but I think it's um of visiting my father in prison. Oof. But I mean, I'm estranged from my father, so this isn't like a big deal or anything. But like, I remember going to visit him and the things that there's very few things that stick out about it. But the reason why I'm pretty sure that this is my memory and not something this isn't the sort of story that you tell like someone, you know, like remember that time that we went and visited your dad in prison? Right. It's not like, yeah, but I remember he was wearing like weird shoes Hmm. Like booties, you know, like they okay. weren't real shoes. Um, and then I think we had taken my my mom's, my grandparents' um, car because the, at the time they had a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, and I remember driving in the back, like the kind of like the trunk area, like riding back on the freeway back there, like not seat belted in. Um <laughs> And like eating now and laters. Wow. <laughs> and sharing them with your dog. No, no, buddy wasn't <laughs> with me. But um, I think I think my sister was there. I think we were sharing them. Yeah. Yeah. That was back when parents were a little more laissez-faire about seatbelts. Right. right. But yeah, I, I think that's my earliest memory. How old were you, do you think? I think either three or four. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't have a lot of childhood memories. They're very, very spotty. There's like whole years where like, I, I don't know who knows anything that happened when I was eight. I, nine, I feel the same. Like I basically can't seven. remember. I only have extremely sparse memories before like high school. I, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, um, I feel like I have some specific memories of things that happened, but overall, I don't know if I could put it together into a cohesive narrative over time. Elementary school in particular is one where it's like, I have a memory of being in a, in these various classrooms and I can tell vaguely based on which classroom it was, what year it was, because the order of that you would progress through the building was very structured um, as you increased. Yeah. I have a few too. Like the OJ Simpson trial happened while I was in elementary (sighs) school and we watched it in school. Wow. (laughs) Like, I remember that. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, the, the fact that that trial was televised is kind of astonishing because I think right. that was an experiment that they were trying. And I think they decided this is a bad idea. Oh, yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, a like, lot of my memories are tied to places because we moved just about every year yeah, up until I was like 15. That makes sense. Uh, so, if I remember where something happened, I can basically place it in time before the, before like when I lived in San Diego. Yeah. I just had an interesting realization. Did we move on to a new topic? I think we made a new topic. Yeah, we invented one on the fly. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, is this a topic about relational memory? (gasps) Oh. Okay. Shit. We can do that. Yeah. I actually really liked uh, that one. I, I wanted it to be in the topic bucket 
and it is now. Um, so the the term mind palaces mm-hmm. is something that I know of from the movie or not the movie, the show Sherlock. Yep. Is that where you came across it? So the first time I came across it, I think was in one of the Hannibal Lecter books, which I, I think I read those maybe when I was just out of high school. I read the first three, I guess, which are the ones that they made all the movies of. And in in one of in one or two of those, it describes how Hannibal Lecter has an incredible memory because he has spent time constructing his mind palace where he and he and it is described in the narrative where he, you know, closes his eyes and walks through the front door and then goes over past this one statue and then turns into this door and then down this hallway. And then then he finds this memory that he has of something. So that's what I remember first hearing about it from but yeah there was there was some so there was an episode of sherlock as well where there was like a bad guy who had a mind palace or something too right well sherlock has a mind palace oh yes okay all right yeah Yeah, he's the bad guy well (laughs) i mean arguably sure (laughs) he's certainly an interesting guy i think in this there's like at least one entire episode that takes place in his mind palace oh yeah okay Okay. Is that the spoiler at the end of the episode? You realize he's been in the mind palace the whole time. Oops, spoilers. But honestly, it's been out for a long time. Oh, no, no, I'm just. I'm, yeah, you can I'm throw a spoiler warning uh, on the beginning of this podcast, just in case. Yeah, then we could say spoilers? Question mark? Like, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we don't know. I mean, spoilers. Is it a is it a spoiler if you guess the ending of the TV show? Right. Uh, <laughs> No, because I almost always do. That's one thing I've noticed that like when Jim and I are watching a movie or a TV show, I'll be like, yes, of course, this is going to happen because of this foreshadowing that happened like, you know, mm. 45 minutes ago. And Jim's like, what? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he something... doesn't pay attention to like story structure. Yeah, Laura t- tweeted about um, how she will do that sort of thing when she's watching a movie with people. And if the pre- her prediction works out, she... Yells story math. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Laura's good peeps. Oh, man, that's very good. Story math. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't have a mind palace, but maybe I should build one. I think once I, when I first heard about this concept, I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then I spent a day working on it. I was like, oh, this is terrible. This is so hard. Why would anyone, I don't need to remember anything that badly. But with that in mind, I've been so I'm really into the externalization of memory at this point. Oh yeah, um, and so systems of writing. Well, um, I'm, I'm thinking mostly like digital records of things. Um, yeah, to the point where like I'm I'm currently in the process of I just got a new computer and I'm kind of migrating some stuff over um, from a couple of old computers, and um, I still don't really have a good scheme for how to do that. But in the past, what I would do anytime I got a new computer or a new hard drive or something, I would just. This is another topic, by the way. You're now on what is your preferred method for moving your migrating your stuff? Gosh, Jim, your old, your new computer. you keep ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the audience has to know. Do they? This is related to the previous one, though, too. Because okay, all right. Previously, what I would. When I used to build computers, I would just buy a new hard drive that was at least double what my previous hard drive was. And then I would just copy over the previous hard drive, like all of the relevant stuff that I had. 
And then I would just have a folder saying, this is the backup from such and such hard drive that had these characteristics. And yeah. so, and so I ended up with just a backups of backups of backups of backups. Yeah. Basically just like a bottomless pit. Nesting. Of, of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But because I had all of these things named and I structured them in this very specific way that I kind of knew I could know immediately where something would be if I needed to look for it. I'll be like, okay, so I'm looking for this file, which, okay, this was, I think I got this in the summer when I was living in this one place. And that fall, I backed up it to this other thing. And so it's going to be in folder X or whatever it was. And so I used to just, that's that's how I would back things up and how I would keep track of where all my stuff was. Um, and then over the years, at some point, I ended up thinking, oh, that's, I mean, what's all this extraneous nonsense? And so I started just being selective about what I was grabbing. And now I kind of regret having done that because everything's just disorganized and messy and I don't know where anything is um, yeah. because because that, that structure that was kind of preserving everything in relation to everything else is now mm -hmm. corrupted. Um, I'm just wondering if... If you've had such experiences, if you want to comment on the how to back up your computer thing as well. Yeah, I definitely had, um, for a long time, my strategy was just like literally move, like copy my old hard drive onto the new one. And the new one is always, you know, 10 times as big. Right. So, it's it's takes up basically no space. Uh, and that broke when I started getting computers with SSD drives. Yep. <laughs> uh, which are like a tenth as big as my old drive. Right. You know? <laughs> and so, my new strategy is to put everything in Dropbox. I'm actually paying monthly for, for storage in Dropbox. I think I have two terabytes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I actually have yet to sync everything because I have to do it via the tiny SSD drive. But um, Dropbox has this thing where you can um, – it, it does this – when I, when I started paying for it, it did this really irritating thing where it automatically flagged everything on my Dropbox account as like cloud sync or something like that, where it removes it from my local drive. Ooh, hate that. And so, w when you want to, uh, when you try to read the file from your disk, it is actually pulling it from the internet. Um, and I quickly turned that off. But what I do use um, all the time is uh, you can tell it to selectively sync folders. So, you can move everything into a folder uh, and then tell it like, don't sync this folder to my hard drive It'll and it'll just be on the in Dropbox on the cloud. Are, are you satisfied with that setup? It's it's not my favorite, especially because like, like Dropbox is really good at what it does in the free version. Like it just, everything just works mm -hmm. in the behind the scenes uh, and it's just everything like it does exactly what it says on the tin perfectly and they used it like that for like 10 years. And as soon as you start paying for it, it's a big mess like of <laughs> new features that you don't want and it keeps like popping up notifications in the corner trying to sell you on new features that you don't want or care about. It's a social network. But like it, it wants to like help me create a portfolio, you know, like it's trying to upsell me on like I think what happened is that this person started paying us. That means he's a sucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we could get him for more money. By selling more stuff to him. I don't know. I kind of stopped using computers. That's the, that's the way to do it. It's, it's, um, uh, it's all phones for you now. For them, I mean, I do have a laptop, but 
Yeah, I just mean, use it to play Fight Rising. Yes, I do. Thanks for outing me. <laughs> <laughs> we can um, put a link to your favorite dragons in the show notes. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, Tybalt. Oh, wait, what's this called? Sorry. Oh, I'm playing this like kind of clicky browser game called Fight Rising. It's a dragon breeding game. Oh. It's, it's very fun. Some of these dragons are very good boys. Yeah, oh my gosh. And, girls. and girls. Yeah, be good babies. Um, it's yeah, it's a very satisfying game. But um, yeah, for the most part, I mean, I, I've always had a computer um, in some form or another. But for the most part, the only like things that I'm generating that are stored on a computer is some writing hmm. and photos. Hmm. Uh, yep. A huge amount of photos. Um, always a huge amount of photos, whether it's like... It used to be that I was doing a lot of film photography and then I would get digital copies of them and and save the digital copies on my computer. And, um, you know, I still have all of that stuff kind of backed up both on Flickr and also on the hard drive of my desktop, which I don't use at all anymore. For the most part, like now that I have a Pixel phone, um, it comes with a, a decent amount of storage, but I actually pay $3 a month for like a lot of photo storage. Um, and then I use like Google sheets or, uh, what's the word version called? Uh, Docs. Docs. Yeah. Yeah, For all of the stuff that I write, I don't really need to save anything else. Yeah. It's uh, like, I'm not creating work. uh, This is is where most people are. I think like most people nowadays don't need a computer unless they're going to be doing a lot of typing I, I So I need a computer because I'm doing like game development. Mm-hmm. It would also probably be pretty hard to do, to edit a podcast on a phone. Uh, but like most people aren't doing this sort of thing that needs a computer. Yeah. I think I have one nesting of hard drives total. I think that when I moved from my laptop to my desktop, I just like manually copied over stuff and just like put it into folders like like I had them on my laptop and then and then I had to upgrade my hard drive from on my desktop once and I I think I just copied over everything that was like pertinent from that and just and so I have like the one nest from hard drive to hard drive from my desktop and that's it yeah. That seems that seems reasonable. I yeah, so. a lot more reasonable than what you had going on there. But I liked the idea of your uh, your relational memory, and I get it. I totally get it. Um, I I understand like that sort of storage system. Like all of my photos always were saved um, just based off of like the date that I um, that I got the photos printed because I would get them printed pretty quickly after I or like developed pretty quickly after I shot them. And so every folder was just the date. Did you find yourself being able to associate specific dates with specific images? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And and if not specific dates, like, like I kind of just have this like chronology of, uh, especially when I was really into like photography of like, in my head, I just kind of have this whole image of, kind of where I started and where I ended up Mm. and the steps that I took to get there before I just realized that this hobby was too expensive. Um, (laughs) Oh no. And I can just sort of like pinpoint like, Oh, if I need, you know, that picture of say that hike, it was about three quarters of the way through my film photography phase 
and that helps narrow it down quite a bit. That's I, that's interesting to look at these different epics and like finding a place within that epic that something is likely to fall. I think that's one of the things that that is kind of made like using relational memory has been harder for me in the past several years because I think previously what was happening is that my life was very different each year. And so like when I was going to university, like I, I can remember this was the year when I was in my technical writing class, or this was the year when I was working at the movie theater, or this is when I was in Japan and everything else. And then like, since I feel like since about 2010, it's just been not a lot changes from year to year. And so it's hard to see the five-year block when I was living in Oakland as anything other than just like, this was five years and more, you know, who knows when something happened within that time frame? It's just, it could have yeah. been any of those years. So, so I think like as, as less variation happens within a life, it's just, it's harder to, to keep things straight in, in one's mind or in my mm-hmm. mind anyway, about this sort of thing. So. Now that makes total sense, you know, cause you're just doing your day to day every day. We should we should probably do the the listener write in. Yeah, I think. you guys want to talk talk about salads? Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, so the write in Willow asks methods oh. for assembling great salads. I think this is a different. Willow. It's not. Yeah, it's not my dog. Okay. She didn't like salads. <laughs> All right. So here's my favorite salad. I like a salad that doesn't have lettuce in it. Mm, oh, don't need ooh. that lettuce. All right. So we've got hot take. We've got tomatoes. Okay. Uh, usually I would go with like the little cherry tomatoes, uh, better if they're from your own garden because they actually taste like tomato rather than just like the grocery store. Classic. So tomatoes, uh, like kind of cut in half if they're the little ones, or if it's not going to be the grape tomatoes, then probably like Roma tomatoes. Maybe they've got, they tend to have a good taste. Cucumber. Probably the either the Persian cucumber or the English cucumber, not the regular old American cucumber that gives you really bad gas. Um, Ooh, today I learned. Yeah, yeah. The like the the skin is what gives you the, the cucumber gas. Really? That's yeah. That's why you see people that like peel the skin off the outsides of like yeah. the regular. That's why. I mean, they taste good, but I usually go for the Persian. Those are my favorite. Those are the ones that are a bit, little bit narrower, right? Yeah, they're narrower and kind of shorter. And then avocado, yep, lime juice, and some garlic salt, and you're gonna mix that stuff all together. And the lime juice is going to mix with the avocado and kind of just make its own dressing. And if you want to be a little bit crazy, I don't like to do this because I don't like um, I don't like vinegar. But Jim enjoys vinegar, so you're gonna put a little bit of vinegar in there for that like kind of. But I feel like the I feel like the lime juice is fine. Um, for the acid you could do, but you could do, and if you don't have lime juice, you could use vinegar. Um, and you could do a little bit of oil if you need to, but I don't think you really need to because you've got all that, that fat from the avocado. Then if you need a little bit of protein, you could also like cook up a chicken breast, cut that up, toss that in there too. And then you just got this like amazing powerhouse flavor. Also, you want some fresh cracked pepper on there too. I have never so badly wanted to go make a salad. (laughs) (laughs) So that is my favorite way to make a salad. Um, And those are one of the things that I really enjoyed eating um, in the summertime because all those ingredients are really nice and fresh. Um, 
And it's just like, sometimes it's like really gross and hot and you're like, I need to eat food, but like food is gross when it's really hot, at least to me. But that is like a really refreshing meal that like feels light and delicious and is also filling and is something that I will eat in 95 degree weather. I was going to say like the cucumbers in particular, I feel like cucumbers may be the most refreshing vegetable that there is. Oh, absolutely. Because it's just, they're just... I will fight anyone who says otherwise. It's just that that light kind of little bit sweet, but not sugary. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of cold. Yeah. Even when it's not cold. Right. Like, right. You know, I don't know. It's good. Oh, that's... Yeah. That's a hard one to top. I don't think I've ever had a hot cucumber. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> gross, right? Actually, I have... Um, remember when we went to that, uh, food truck place and we got the jerk chicken, it was like a, it was like a, what's, it's not Cuba. What's that other Jamaica, like a Jamaican food burger or not burger, Jesus Christ, burrito. Um, they had cucumbers in there and it was good and they were hot. It was weird. It was a weird (laughs) experience, but it was good. We should go to that food truck event again. Okay. Let's go Monday. Okay. Cool. Was this off the grid? Yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. I do miss going to Off the Grid in Oakland on Mm -hmm. Fridays, is it? I only ever was invited on Fridays. And I felt like it was, I felt like I couldn't just go. Like it's, you have to know someone. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you can go with me because I'm I'm the Frog Fractions guy. They know me. (laughs) Go in right now. Flash your your, uh, king.com CEO badge and. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Throwback right there. Right, so right. I don't have a favorite salad, but I do have a least favorite salad, which is the salad that's obviously made from hamburger toppings <laughs> <laughs> that you get Just, at a burger joint. Oh, like this is what we have. Promises uh, cheddar crumbles. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we went to, what was that place? It was Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers. Because I thought it was a different place. Okay. So, we go there and I was like, oh, I don't really want to go there. And Tim's like, no, oh, it'll be good. I'm like, all right, let's go there. <laughs> so, I was thinking of a place. I don't know why I mixed this up. I was thinking of the Rock Bottom Brewery in San Diego. I was like, <laughs> wow. Oh, I guess it's a chain. And then, like, it turns out it's completely unrelated. And my mind just melded these two words for some reason. <laughs> So, I ordered a salad and it was supposed to come with cheddar cheese crumbles, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, this sounds good. And literally, the salad comes out and the cheddar cheese is a, a freaking pre-sliced, like, piece of sliced cheddar that, like, you, like, get from the supermarket <laughs> torn into pieces. And not oh, that no. many pieces Yeah, like, like, five pieces. <laughs> And I was just like, it was just a piece of cheddar that they would put literally on top of a burger. It was the worst salad I've ever had also, in my the life. burgers weren't good either. Yeah, I just, just like kind of picked uh, at it a little bit and then I was like, all right. <laughs> Oof. Well, not, not that salad then. No. I, I have one that can compete though, I think. So, we're going to start with a base of kale. I know that that can be controversial depending on how you go, but I like a little bit of kale. We're going to wash it and dry it, and we're going to cut it so that only the good bits are there, so the bitter, bitter stems are missing. Yeah, no stems. No stems. Throw that in into there, uh, into the bowl. Going to cut up some uh, fresh tomatoes, if you can. I'm a fan of the cherry tomatoes in the variety of colors. because oh, yeah, those are good. Because I like a tomato that I look at it, and I can't tell if it's green or if it's brown. 
That's my favorite tomato. Have you seen those? I think they're called Rosso Bruno. Yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah. I think my favorite tomato is the pear-shaped orange ones. Ooh, those are those are pretty good. I mean, if, or if you have like a nice giant heirloom variety, then like cut those that cut that guy too. up. You can just you know set aside half of it and just eat it with some salt and pepper. But uh, so you put in some some tomatoes. You take some shredded. Good Parmesan cheese. Oh, yeah. You lay that on a piece of tinfoil in a pan <gasps> in a nice circle. You pop that in your broiler, melt it until it becomes nice and crispy around the edges and kind of bubbly. You take oh. it out, let it cool you down a little bit. roll it up and just eat it. You roll it, yeah. <laughs> Throw the kale in the garbage. What are you doing? <laughs> You're living your best life is what's happening. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But so you, so you take out this this Parmesan, and you, so you've got this nice disc of this kind of melty, bubbly, and a little <laughs> bit crispy, chewy Parmesan. Is it is it a salad if it's just a variety of cheeses? <laughs> I no. mean, is the cheese plate you make every Christmas, is that a salad? No, it's a cheese plate. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of some things that are a quote-unquote salad that are just a bunch of mayonnaise with like- Like potato salad? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like macaroni salad, okay, which okay. doesn't even have any vegetables if at we, all. <laughs> if we added mayonnaise to the cheese plate, oh my god, that's disgusting! Oh no. It would be a salad. You're gonna make me barf. It would, but it, but, but you have to admit, no, it would be a salad. No, I don't have to admit it. Okay, I also don't have I'm to. I'm gonna admit wear that. you down. No, oh no, no, you haven't yet. It's not happening. Come back in several episodes, and April will be talking about this delicious. This is going to be one of your topics about how the cheese plate <laughs> salad. I'm divorcing you is... over the cheese plate salad. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't stop talking about cheese plate salad. So surprise, listeners. All right, all right, John. I'm sorry. Okay, go on. <laughs> so, anyway, so my point is, while this cheese is cooling, so so that it's going to be handleable. Get some olive oil, you get some lemon juice or some lime juice, something with a little bit of citrus in there. Mix some of that together. Put in um, garlic out of a press. So you press garlic, mm-hmm. toss it into that oil, mix mm-hmm. it up really good. Put a little bit of salt, a little bit of, little bit of fresh pepper. Um, and then you mix that in with the kale and just kind of get it all coated with the kale and the tomatoes. Put it on a plate and then you take that that Parmesan and you break it because it has become a disc that is crisp enough that you can break it into pieces and you put some of these Parmesan shards on top of this of this uh, kale Ooh. and tomatoes and that's your salad. Very, very simple, but uh, just has a very yummy, rich flavor. That fresh garlic has a little bit of, little bit of heat to it actually because um, mm-hmm. if you're not sauteing it, it's just like... It's just going to have that, that raw yumminess to it. And then you've got the, the salt and you've got the acid from the lemon and you've got the olive oil for your fat. So you got everything. It's delicious. Sounds real good. Yeah. So That's my story. How do you dry salad? I have attempted this many times to dry my salad leaves after after rinsing them and it never works do you have any tips uh, i mean because if it's if you don't dry it it's a soup <laughs> it's yes it's right it's just sitting in this bucket of water john please help me well so first you do this with when you, when you're putting the water on in the first place you use something that's a spray so it's not just like 
you're not just pouring large quantities of water into a single leaf that's just going to it's going to saturate that leaf and embarrass the others. Um, you're doing this over a colander as well, so it immediately drains some of it out. And then, sad part about this is that you have to take paper towels uh-huh. and just go like a leaf at a time. Okay, so that's the that's the ticket. It's a little labor intensive, but it is. I mean, it it gives a little bit of moisture before you put the other stuff on there, and it but it doesn't make it doesn't make it soupy as as yeah. is the concern. No soup, no so. salad soup. All right, I I think it's time to call it. Yeah. I'm I'm sleepy. Yeah. All right. I bet you are too, John. I'm having a uh, a second wind, so like I'm gonna go record my next podcast. Yeah, you two are can you really? record Beast Lord. What was it? Topic Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Beast Lord topics. No, I'm not gonna record any additional uh, podcasts. Although I had I had a had a great joke. Do you want to hear my joke about podcasts? Yes. Let's hear it. Got it. Got an idea for a new podcast. Do you want to know what it is? Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to watch something and then I'm going to talk about it with my friends. And here's the thing, I don't think anyone's done this before. So I don't I don't think that's going to fly. Like that I don't you think that's sustainable? Yeah. Pretty sure pretty sure no one else is doing that. So Yeah, like for good reason. No one could make a podcast like that. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. All right. I'm instead of doing this, I'm going to go to bed. All right. I don't think that's going to work either. No, like, I've been up for too long. Can't. Nobody does that. Can't. Nobody <laughs> Who goes who's Goes to bed twelve thirty. Goodness, I mean, no, I mean, who goes to bed at all? Like, oh, oh, I do. Everybody I know has these beds, and they just never use them. I feel like mm. that's something that's really popular among the young people that I just don't understand. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those age gap things yeah. that you're running into with your. Like they'll talk friends. about they'll talk about going to sleep, and I'm just like, okay, sure, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Whipper snapper. So. Right. They'll be watching all these TV shows where people sleep. I can't, I can't relate. What's up, guys? I'm going to take a nap now. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Smash that bell. Definitely edit that bit out. Uh, okay. Uh, John, um, if yes. this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I, I, I like to think John of, Mystery. of uh, the, the task of finding me on the internet is my own little personal arg yeah. that, that just exists. So, good luck. Yeah, it ends when someone shows up at your door. No, 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 I don't want this. Yeah. All right, nobody do that. (laughs) Or if you do, just don't knock and then walk away, understanding that you solved the ARG and no one else ever has to know. Exactly. It's Uh, April. If this is something you want, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I am at April Soar. Like dinosaur, but with my name, and uh, yeah, that's basically that's basically it. Or uh, you can find me on Flight Rising. My name <laughs> is Case Thrace. Yeah, <sighs> might have to do it. Yeah. Um. Anyways, John, it was lovely to talk to you. Tell Pepper and Robbie that I love them, and also Nan. I will do that. It was very nice talking with both of you as well. Always a pleasure. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can discuss the episodes at the Topic Lords subreddit at r slash Topic Lords. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. 
You can find me on the Fediverse as mogwai underscore poet at mastodon.social. Also, I'm on Twitter. And you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early and get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.